0: And you've been to the uh, you've been to the barber shop.
1: Uh, well, I thought you know what, might as well sort of go for the kind of full-on Eric Doyle today.
0: Quite right, quite right. You haven't really, you haven't got that sort of expansive, just like raw scalp in the middle.
1: Do <laughs> I, I, you know what? It's funny. It's funny though, because like two, two, three weeks ago, um, got invited after the, the the rugby training in the morning for 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 the boy to one of the other coaches for for bacon rolls and coffee, and and it was one of those days where the weekend was just it started blazing, and. Uh, Honest to God, you sort of realize, you know, how white and pasty you've become over the course of the winter. Because you know, one one hour and sort of about twelve degrees of, of Aberdeen sunshine. And yeah. we're skelet. <laughs> <scalping. That's laughs> Did you just use scalp it Oh, unbelievable. Yeah,
0: quite right. Correct. Right. I love it. I love it. Um no, that's 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 uh, that's spot on. I felt I felt myself we, we went to Tarland in our new caravan, as we were talking about the other day, and uh on the, on, on the one hour where the sun came out from behind the, the grey clouds. I can actually feel, I could feel myself crisping up.
1: <laughs> you feel everything sort of tightening up, don't you, you know? Yeah,
0: totally, totally. Where's my moisturiser? Um, anyway, so uh, so let's do this. Good morning, how are you?
1: I'm very, very well, yeah. I'm uh, about as, as, as good as you get, I think, at the tail end of lockdown. And, and, you know, it's it's not as sunny as it was yesterday, but it looks okay. can't complain.
0: Yeah, quite right, quite right. How are so, you? I'm brilliant, thank you. you. Yeah, all, absolutely great. Yeah. Um, uh, glad that we're able to get out more and Sarah and I went out with uh, a common uh, uh, a joint friend that we have and, uh, and his wife uh, we were out on uh, Saturday night and and that was odd for me because Sarah had been out a few times in between lockdowns I I went from the start of lockdown I've never been out right from from the original original March time lockdown yeah, whenever yeah, it was yeah. um so I have to say getting in a taxi yeah. Going into a restaurant, uh, phew, at all it was like something from something from a sort of like uh, uh, a strange computer game that I was playing for a while. It felt a
1: bit odd. And how did you feel? I was going to say, how, how did you feel about it then? Because I, you know, I went to be queue about four weeks ago on a Sunday, and it was one. It was a real anxious feeling. If I'm honest, yeah. you know, the, most, yeah. the most comfortable part was the bit outside, standing in the queue because everyone was nicely socially distanced. Then you stood yep. there. As well, you got in free-for-all and it was an absolute free-for-all and, I, and yeah. I, was, I was sitting thinking I'm gonna have to build my confidence back up
0: with this yeah totally I, I totally agree and, and and I I'm actually there too I was sitting in a taxi going how how can we all of a sudden just be in a taxi how, how does that work from from like stay and lock the door seal up all the vents don't touch anything to now we're out so we went to we went to one place for dinner which was really well done really you know like I would say so process driven that it maybe stole a bit of the fun at the start. But then, of course, when friends arrive, you get into it and it was just yeah. awesome. Then yeah. we went to another place where they were a wee bit more relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a wee yeah. bit more relaxed. And um, clearly, a bunch of kids that have been, you know, have now turned 18 were like, well, we're booking tables and we're going there and we're going to party hard. So, uh, you know, difficult to control. Mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, 18-year-olds that are doing shots and yeah. all of that. So, But then then seeing them get up a little bit intoxicated and put a mask on to go to the toilet, still doing it.
1: <laughs> well, that's quite positive, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think it's, there's a weird dynamic in my house. I'm, I'm going to have to get used to it, I think, because my wife and kids have been going out to school since about January, right? So they, <laughs> I, th- I think all of them now are, are just living what feels like normal life to them, whereas you know I'm very similar to you that you know if I if I get a chance to go and meet somebody outside I've been grabbing it I've been taking it and, and doing those things but indoors and normal activities and shopping and turning up to an office and stuff it's just not been there it's not part of my life anymore um, and I do think it's going to take me a little bit of time to kind of get over myself and, and just you know I, that, that said I got my job last Friday and I woke up with like intense excitement at, 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 at receiving this thing you know that it wasn't conceived of 14 months ago and you know and you know so that that excitement then sort of it kind of ebbed into kind of, kind of a bit of pride actually about where we were yeah. you know yeah it, yeah totally and, and yeah it was kind of it was kind of a special kind of exciting enjoyable day going out to get that little, uh, that little how did how mind. did you
0: feel because like um yeah i'm guessing you get your, your your jab in the same place that i did it out at teka mm-hmm. yeah how did you feel about that whole experience
1: unbelievably organized Un- and yeah, what's it what's it like eh? i just was I, I was it was a joy you know to kind of to, to drive in because you know you drive in and the, and the car park was quite full and i'm thinking okay there's quite a lot of people here yeah and then and then you get inside and 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 it was just you know you never waited for a second it was yeah. just a continual movement of people in and out Slowest bit was that kind of 15 minutes at the end where you sit and, and they just check you haven't, you don't have some awful, horrendous reaction. <laughs> um, I felt, I felt, um, I felt a
0: little overwhelmed by it. It was a little bit like dystopian. I, I was on a Sunday at five o'clock at night, so very few people, kind of empty yeah. actually. And, and one of the, the, the lovely uh, people there told me that, you know, she said, This is unco-, you know, you just walked right in through that thing right to here and you're next. She said, Some days there's two and a half thousand people in that queue. Yeah, um, and and it's like holy moly. So I was overwhelmed by the kind of like dystopian concreteness of it all. It was almost like ah. <laughs> um but but then i found myself when i got up to the desks i was thanking everybody like i was thanking uh ex forces people coming back off a plane thanks for doing this by the way you're doing yeah. a great job thanks for doing this by the way you're doing a
1: good job <laughs> but, but, but totally right wasn't it because you know these, these guys have been out there and doing this stuff all the way through whereas you know as much as we're kind of sitting there going i'm gonna to have to get my confidence back i've been sitting with these four walls surrounded in, in perfect safety for the last yeah. 14 months you know so You 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 kind of you can't avoid your privilege sometimes in 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 these kind of situations you know yeah I know and these guys have been turning up and and knocking out the park for forever you know I've had a lot you know got some friends speaking speaking to them about the experiences working in the hospital and stuff during this and you just think you know these guys are living or have been living a very very different life uh, to to a lot of us over the last over the last year you know and it's, it's it's been a pretty impressive
0: yeah yep. yeah absolutely we've uh, we've got a few neighbors that are nurses and stuff and, and watching these people come home and they're spent they are broken yeah, yeah. And, you know from the hospitals they've, they're just they're just they've got that look of i don't have another ounce of energy i'm actually running on three days energy yeah. ahead of time you know so mm-hmm. right okay so enough of this uh, enough of this chatter this Good is chat. all about this is all about you so um uh, you're a well-known chap um, for people in, uh, in a particular, uh, well, many regions and, and maybe a, a number of industries will know about uh, Chris West and the fact that you're with Optimus. But for those that don't know you, are CEO of Optimus Engineering Consultancy, what's the, what's the 30-second elevator speech about what Optimus are doing these days and what it's all about?
1: Well, you've said an awful lot yourself, you know, we, we, we are a, a bunch of engineers that, that are into engineering. That's been, that's been the case since day one. We've been around about 21 years. Ian Bell founded the company 21 years. 21 years this uh this like year. yeah, it's been around a long time now. It's been well established. Um and 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 do you know what it's it is it's a bunch of engineers that are focused around delivering to the client's expectations and building relationships along the way. We're not a big outfit and and, and therefore we live and die by by the quality of our, our reputation and and the relationships we build along the way. So that's that's what it's all about. You know, there's it's a very simple sounding little bunch of people there, but um, a few complexities involved, um, and and we like to keep engineering as simple as we can. Take the complexity out. What what aspects
0: of engineering would you say are your sort of go to zones?
1: So Pretty we started off. Yeah, we we started off in kind of process and tech safety. That was that was kind of the shape of the company for probably the first almost decade of its life. And then and then it's really kind of shifted. So so process was really heavy when I started back in 2010, and then there was kind of this balancing act where everybody grew at the same time up to about 2014 and 2015 came along and that's just kind of you know it killed the sort of front end of the engineering life cycle so we became or over the last five years we've become very very kind of structurally heavy within the business so the, so the structure right. is probably the, the biggest part of the company at the moment and and, and they've survived on, on on kind of maintenance and integrity led brownfield modification work for the last five or six years and, and kept the company ticking over and, and doing well during that time and now we're starting to see that that kind of return to the, the bigger projects and the front end work, and and, and and you know the clients really sort of waking up as as oil prices start to recover and people start looking to the future again.
0: Awesome. Um, uh, large percentage oil and gas, I guess, but I'm sure
1: dragged into other industries. Yeah. So so yeah, to, totally focused on oil and gas in, in, in the past. Um, in some ways, I think the lockdown itself and, and the way the last year you know really sort of jolted us into this this kind of realization you know we knew diversification was there and we've kind of dipped our toes in, in, in various projects over the last four or five years quite opportunistically i guess right um, you know some some projects just presented an opportunity and, and and all of a sudden now it's about kind of working out this idea that you need know, we have to balance the, the the channels of revenue that are coming through the company now so so we've gotten really involved in the carbon capture conversation which is a super right. exciting one mm-hmm. um i've genuinely over the course of the last 6 months we are you know having a conversation about a particular project that kicked off only only last month um just just a, there's a real tangible excitement about it from the engineers you know there's, there's almost a kind of a cue of guys get me get me on this project. <laughs> get me on this project It's, yeah. it's yeah. really fun, you know because it's it's real sort of chemistry bench stuff it's, it's starting from you know from scratch and, and turning something into into reality which you you don't get a lot of I think at our level in oil and gas these days yeah. a lot kind of you know it, it's a lot of mid life cycle work yeah so yeah that that was really exciting and uh we're getting involved in in quite a few measures around about i guess strengthening our offering within offshore renewables so you know renewables have been there for a long time and obviously we're now seeing all these these turbines turning up offshore um but it's a there's quite a gulf between the two organizations or sorry not two organizations the two industries you know, they're, they're quite different. And uh, and we're starting to kind of go through this process of working out where the gaps are, where are the gaps and how we behave and what we do and the processes that we use for oil and gas. You know, how can we, how can we refine those and, and start pointing everything towards being being successful and, and, and you know, and functional and, and delivering within um, offshore renewables as well. So we're, we're kind of, we're aware of the diversity of piece. We're absolutely yeah. behind this, this idea that, Oil and gas is going to fuel the energy transition, but there's going to be a whole pile of stuff comes out of it. Oh man! Um, but you know what? We have to focus our we've got to focus our attention. We, we can't you can't you can't chase everything. You've got to start yeah. looking. So so for us, it's you know oil and gas, it's carbon capture and hydrogen, and it's the offshore renewables piece. Awesome. That's that. That is it. We
0: get it now. Everybody gets it. That's watching this. Absolutely understands it. Fantastic. Now outstanding. Now I made a howling error because we've only met once or twice before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I, again, this this whole thing, the crux is about getting behind the profiles, right? So if you read your profile, you yeah. get you get well. This guy was born in Aberdeen and lived his whole life in Aberdeen. Yeah. He's he's pretty much just sort of gravitated around Aberdeen Grammar. That's and just lived around there. That's but no, I learned yeah. yesterday. It's uh, it's quite the opposite. So take oh. us back. Take his back to the start. Where right where were you born?
1: There. Yeah, so I was I was born in Holland in the Hague. Um we, we, we were uh, sort of a young, as, as a young family, we were, we were kind of expats. So for, for the first decade of, of, of my life, we were doing that kind of traveling expat life. So born in Holland. Um, don't remember much about Holland because we left by the time I was a year and a half old. Uh, and then we, we hot footed it down to Nigeria and, and, and kind of followed the Shell gravy train down down there. Um, a few more memories of Nigeria. It's a it's, it's, it's not quite, it's not quite vivid in my, in, in my kind of memory bank. But, uh, you know, a lot of, I guess, a lot of heat, you know, in my memory. I can, I can remember that. I can, I can remember um, a lot of dangerous animals. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I've got, I've got this kind of vivid memory of being sat on the back of my mum's bike and, 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 you know, down down the road and there's a snake crossing the road and as a kid <laughs> thinking, was that, you know? Um, But, you know, I I don't remember an enormous amount about Nigeria either. Nigeria was sort of that point between kind of being a a baby and a a kind of a a middle-sized or relatively tall-sized toddler, I guess. Um, And then then we hot-footed down to Malaysia. So we spent my kind of, probably my formative primary years um, down in Mili, in Sarawak, down in Borneo. Crikey! Yeah, a cool place down there, you know. But I guess, I guess
0: the, I guess the folks were from Aberdeen, right? Or certainly from Scotland. No, yeah, no. no,
1: not at all. So, so I've, I've got one, one of my mom is from Derbyshire originally, and my dad is is from Staines down down London way. So, um, so yeah, the Aberdeen. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, they, they just, I guess they just, they just, we, we, used to live down. We had, well, we had a house down in Derbyshire when we were away and uh, across the other side of the world, and we, we didn't really visit very often. Um, But then Aberdeen, I guess, that that kind of that magnetic pull within the oil industry just dragged us back to the UK when I got to the stage where it was a choice between sending me off to boarding school, uh, you know, several months a year or or coming back to the UK before we hit secondary age. Crikey, I have this. Now, I I grew up in Glasgow and...
0: Um, went offshore in Aberdeen as soon as I could and then moved to Aberdeen. Yes, I've travelled for business quite extensively around the world, but I had this romantic vision that all the people that I've met that were expat kids seem to have such cool lives. And the (laughs) fact that they were exposed to such diversity at a young age and even just just languages, cultures Mm -hmm. and all of that, um, you know, I I have this romantic vision that that's sort of set you up as a as a person with maybe different values to average Joe Brit because you've been around the world and experienced all these
1: cultures. Yeah, I, I think I've taken a few things out of that. But you know, in some respects, I don't. I guess you just grow up exposed to all of that stuff, all these different influences that come in. And, and and I think it just makes you question difference an awful lot less. You know, you, 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 you just you just you just don't spot it. I mean, as, b- bizarrely though, because as an expat, you know, you live on a camp, working for Shell. It was it was it was English, Scottish, and Dutch white kids that you're kind of running around with. Yeah. But, but the rest of the world is is, is so different. Then, and you just you just didn't really question any of those things. So yes, yeah, so I, I do think that's kind of given me a or not not even an appreciation. Just a I, I, you know, you just don't question. Difference at all, really, uh, you know, these days. Um, diversity, yeah, definitely being exposed, I think, to, to different cultures, different foods. I mean, food's a massive part of my life. I think we were discussing yesterday that, you know, for me, travel is about food and, and so again you know you kind of you grow up in a, in a country like Malaysia where fish head curry is the is, is the delicacy and, and wow. you'll eat anything you'll eat absolutely anything you know moving forward yeah. um so yeah so it's, it's, and I think the other thing I've picked up from there is, is is a pretty strong immune system you know grubbing grubbing about on the beach every day and and, and being being able to roam free range um I think it makes a difference <laughs> So I try and put my kids outside as often as I can, see if we can build up their immune systems. Yeah.
0: Go and eat mud, go and eat mud yeah. And soil.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so
0: so at some point during
1: all this uh, nicking about on beaches
0: and eating fish head curry and all that, yeah. someone said, let's move back to the UK, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That must have hit you
1: like a ton of bricks. It did. We, 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 I, I can still remember standing at the top of the staircase coming off the plane in Manchester and watching my breath freeze and just, just sort of... <laughs> Dying a little inside, thinking, "What? What? Wait a second! You know, I, I don't remember Holland, but the last eight years of my life have been about forty degrees heat. You know,
0: yeah, I've been um, in sand, sand, sandals or bare feet. Yeah, so that, <laughs> yeah.
1: Was, that, was, that was a surprise. And then, and then coming up to Aberdeen about sort of September 1990 to, to join. And you were about what age? I was about ten, so straight into, straight into to Sister Anthony's primary five class at St Joseph's. <laughs> um sister anthony was a particular particular kind of teacher I, I got on with her really really well because she would reward kids with with mars bars when you could read a proper scots poem properly right. um you know so so that that you know, I, I, I could get behind that kind of reward system very very quickly um, so, so was yeah.
0: that into saint josephs because i had a I had a because that a catholic school right um yeah, uh, I, I had a Catholic school upbringing as well um was that was that a, a strong religious thing throughout the family or just <laughs> no no, no?
1: My, my, my my dad my dad's Catholic originally but but not not particularly practicing and, and, I, and I guess never forced us as kids to, to kind of go down that route but when, when we came to Aberdeen we, we, we kind of traipsed around a few of the primary schools and, and we just got a choice you know which one do we like the most and we, we liked St. Joe's the most um but yeah it was a it was uh what was it? Was it a surprise? It was, it was certainly confusing for me. I can remember, you know, going, I, can, I can remember going to the first kind of school assembly and, you know, and it wasn't assembly, it was mass. And and, yeah. uh, and, and and you know, everybody's out of their seats and they're queuing up. And I'm thinking, oh, I better join this line. And, and, and then everybody's eating something and, and drinking from a cup. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but I, I, I'm just I, keep following. It, thinking back
0: to be immersed in that at 10 years old, I mean, I, I got it from primary one all the way through. Right. So. The stuff that Catholic kids know—all the responses to certain parts of prayers, and all the the bit where you bend down, you stand up, the bit where you—it it must have been a, a head melter.
1: It was it was utterly confusing, but you got very good at mimicking as quickly as you could, or, or moving <laughs> moving your mouth in time, like like a horribly dubbed movie, trying to make sure that you know what you're talking about yeah. But no, I I didn't have a Scooby, but then you know what you 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 get immersed in it and you get used to it, and and you know it was it was it was a it was a great fun school. The school had a you know it had a a convent in the middle of it you'd have to you know from one end of the school where all the classrooms were you'd have the gym at the far end of the school and in the middle was it was a traditional convent with with the nuns kind of moving around the school and you just got very very used to to that kind of way of life as, as, as quick as you could very very different to what I'd walked away from in Malaysia though.
0: <laughs> I, I, oh I bet I bet absolutely um yeah incredible we'll, we'll come back to that um maybe the seeds that that planted uh in just a second but then you then you move into uh, uh, grammar school, Aberdeen Grammar, yeah, famous yeah. Aberdeen Grammar. Was that a, a high point of your life, a, a, a struggle, or a good point, or great memories, bad memories?
1: Different, different, different. Very different. I, yeah, I, you know, I think I think when you go through that kind of transition of you know you live most of your life up to that point somewhere else, you come to the UK, you, you you join a school in P five where you, you know, at least you've got a few years to get in and you immerse yourself and. Um, and I, I kind of immersed myself in that life and built up friends at primary school. And then, and, you know, you, you, you suddenly you feel like you're a big fish in a small pond and, and then you hit secondary school. And I, I picked Spanish with my with my language choice. Somebody told me it was the easiest of the languages. So that, that kind of that figured quite highly in my in, in my choices. And there was only one Spanish class at the school, but there was, I think there was four French and there was maybe two or three German. And then everybody else in my class right that way. went off in those directions. You, you, you know, you suddenly find yourself sat in a classroom with, with older kids. And and having to reestablish relationships, and I, I think I just I, I kind of got a little bit lost by that, yeah. that. you know, because everybody was just everyone I knew and everything I knew was 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 away over here, and you know, trying to maintain relationships while they were all building friendships elsewhere. And I, you know, I, I I guess I kind of reflect on my not not negatively on my secondary school experience, but but not positively. It was right. it was an experience, and you know, I, I did my thing, and I got my head down, and I was studious, um, but I didn't didn't really enjoy it. Didn't enjoy it, and you know, you you know, you stand out. I'm a big, tall guy. For those that haven't met you, and we're both sitting down right now, what what is the what is the number six foot? What? Yeah, six foot nine. So I'm six foot nine. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, you know, to, to the best of my knowledge, always six foot nine from about five. <laughs> um, you know. So you're you're enormous, and I mean, and you've got an English accent, right? No, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd done my best to scrub that English accent away by the time I hit first year. I think I, <laughs> I you know, I, I actually it's funny. I I was very 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 conscious about it when I came to the UK, and it wasn't because I got kind of. You know, nobody had a real go at me in primary school, but you just—you're you just, very, very conscious I think of difference at that point when you're coming in from Ooh, a yeah. different world, and 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 so yeah. So I, you know, I, I I did my best to sort of iron that accent out of my. You know, very, very consciously as well as a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, difference is a funny thing. It's a horrible thing, I think, at school. You know, you 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 just want to be in the middle, don't you? you yes. Yeah. The,
0: Quite happily, just position. just just in that sort of middle middle table is fine. It's a
1: deal where you know you're not you're not you you know and you know the, the height thing's fine. I'm 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 cool with the height thing, but I'm yeah. I'm taller than 99.7 percent of the population of the UK. You know, so so it's it's, 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 an easy, it's an easy thing to come at you for at school. It's just it's just the difference. Oh, totally. And, you know, I was I was never a very aggressive tall guy either. So you know, it just yeah, it was it was it was it was an experience,
0: an experience. Uh, but again, all of this is is all leads you to where you are just now. So. You pack up your stuff, and uh, at some point, I guess you you go from uh, you're like right, I'm going to university, and you head off to Edinburgh, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we headed off to Edinburgh, um, jumped on the train on my own. You know, we, 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 it was it was a, it was a family weekend away, at a wedding, I think, and I had to hop back up to the, up to Aberdeen to get my stuff, and jump on the train down to Edinburgh, and. and you know, it was, it was kind of cool because you sort of thought, you know what, the, 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 I, I specifically made this choice to go to Harriet Watt to, to, to kind of get away from Aberdeen and, and step, step out on my own. But it was also pretty anxious, you know, you're sitting on that train and then you, and then you get to your halls and you're thinking, this is my, my palace. But um, but you don't know anyone again, you know. You just don't know anyone. So I, I, I can I can vividly remember that first night in halls, and I'm like I'm propping my door open, you know, because if somebody walks past, yeah, me, hi, hi. they'll come and speak to me. And I'm sitting at my desk with, with a with a broadleaf newspaper. I, why why I picked a, you know I picked up a Guardian or something like that. And I'm, I'm sitting you know thinking nobody's going to want to speak to me. If I look, but I look back on it. But um, but you know I'm 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 a kind of a great believer in, in in serendipity. You know things things kind of happen for a reason and, and you you end up in the right place at the right time. And I I just ended up in, in with a kind of a radius around me of you know probably about 15, 20 meters in that hole was just some brilliant characters and, and you get to know right. them very quickly and you share a kitchen and you share a life and you you know you share food and and you share a lot of hangovers I guess very very quickly <laughs> and. Um, and it was great it was it was a real sort of i've i've, I've kind of found my my, my people you know I, I kind of left school behind there was i think there was only one guy from 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 school that went to harriet Watt, and, and we weren't great friends we knew each other but we weren't great friends um and it was just it was a clean slate it was great so looking back um
0: these were the sort of yes okay growing up in uh and in, in being uh being expat kid and all that there was formative formative building blocks going in there but you really start to find
1: yourself at Herriot what You're doing, is it electrical and electronic engineering? Electrical and electronic engineering? Yeah, five years of that taught me that I was I was not very good at it. I was, <laughs> I, I was okay at it, but I, I, I didn't enjoy it, you know? So it was, it was kind of, um, a lot of other things, you know, a lot of things happened from me at university though because, you know, I, I took a year out in the middle, you know, I think um, I, I got, got big time into my cricket. I, I played rugby at school up to a certain age, worked my way up to the, you know, the first team and uh, had a trip up to the Black Isle you know, way up above Inverness on a very cold, frosty winter morning, and uh, and and I looked at my opposite number, another second row, and and he was the same height as me and twice as wide, and he, he dumped me on my head within five minutes of the game starting. So I, I spent the next sort of six hours of the, of the day on, on on a bus from the Black Hill to Aberdeen with concussion, and then into AE and I thought, you know, what, I'm I'm going to start focusing my attention on cricket. So yeah. I got really into my cricket and 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 started doing really well at university and got into the under 19 Scotland team and we qualified for a world cup in New Zealand. And, and, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to concentrate on this for a year and, and, and just pause the university experience. Um, and it was brilliant. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a different year where I was kind of working and training and getting my fitness up because, you know, first year at university, you, you learn an awful lot of things. And, and, and I did that and gained an awful lot of, uh, of timber around the midsection as well. So <laughs> there, was, there was, there was, there was a lot of, um, There was a lot of fitness to be done that year, but you know, there was a there was a discipline I think that I found that year, um, a brilliant experience of kind of I was one of the older guys in the team, so so I and and the youngest, so I I was probably 19, turning 20, and I think the youngest member of the team was probably 15. You know, there was a couple of really really bright, competent young guys that were in the team who've actually gone on to do an awful lot better than any of the rest of us did in cricket. Right. Um, So you know, you take some of these kids under your wing, and you learn a different, again, a different skill set. Um, so that was all brilliant. But then you come back from that and you've got to you've got to kind of kick on. So if you know you want to be a professional sportsman, you've got to kind of make that leap between under 19 and sort of the the, the, the professional league. And I just didn't didn't fancy it. It was too much of a leap of faith for me and uh, and got back into university. Um, but yeah, third and fourth year of university taught me that I, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. So I, I got through the degree right. and, and thought, do something else. What a fantastic thing, though, to to get to
0: to play a sport at that level and be able to. Make judgments about whether you want to pursue it. Um,
1: still a big cricket fan. Big cricket fan. I mean, one of one, one of the downsides of going to that World Cup, of course, as, as, as a Scotland boy, is you, you know you, you think you're the top of the world, and then you get drawn with Australia and West Indies in your group, and you get <laughs> absolutely pummeled. I've never, you know, as, as as an opening bowler, I, I I've never been hit for the bigger. I mean, we were playing in a Test stadium. We we're playing in Carisbrook in uh, in Dunedin, and and and, and you know, bowling against this guy that's opening for uh, for the West Indies. And he scored 190, 180 or something like that by the time we were at drinks at half time, you know. <laughs> and we had about nine new balls because he was hitting these balls clean out of the stadium. And it's just it was just a whole brand new experience. But yeah, you know, hey, some of those guys we played against there have gone on and done big things and playing in, the t- you know, test cricket for their nations and stuff. So yeah, I, I definitely still i am a big fan. I'm pushing the boy towards it because it's a, it's a great learning experience. And I think... Um, doesn't have to be cricket but you know for me it's team sport team sport yeah such a it's just such a metaphor for for, for life and business yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely you, you experience actual magic you know yes those 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 kind of fleeting glimpses of just positive momentum where nobody's said anything nobody's done anything but suddenly everybody is acting together and, and and you just you're winning games that you should lose and it's it's it's, it's genuinely for me. It's, 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 it's beautiful. It's, it's, real, it's real magic. It's real. Yeah, magic.
0: totally, totally. And I'm, I'm getting to live that. I had, I had, uh, I had a rubbish, um, rubbish sort of dalliances with, uh, with sport along the way. Played a bit of rugby. Uh, really loved rugby, but never achieved anything at rugby. But I'm living it vicariously through my son, who plays yeah. for Granite City, which was formerly Aberdeen Grammar's sort of Wanderers, all squished together. Now yep. Granite City. So he, it's funny hearing you talk about that. He prior to lockdown, was getting on the bus to go to the Black Isle to play the boys up there at (laughs) Ross Ross County and all these kind of places and all of that. And he's doing that. Um, And he's a far more talent. I watch him and think, you know, he is leagues ahead of me. When I was at my prime in rugby, he is leagues ahead of me at 16 years old. Um, And what that lad gets out of team sport. Discipline and all of that, and and you know just just all of the the juicy gets out of team sport is going to stand them in such good stead as he moves on into uni and all of that.
1: And and, and you know you you, have, you can't put your finger on the on the equation as well. I mean, we had um, so so beyond all the kind of, once I'd kind of done with the Scotland stuff, came back and played for Aberdeenshire and that, that was kind of that's all that was my that was my boyhood team. And right, I played a little bit down there but came back in and uh, we we had the season back in two thousand and nine, which coincidentally was a year I got married, great year for me, but it was. Um, we we won everything in that year, and and, and it was and, and there was a process of building that team. You couldn't put your finger on on the elements of that equation that absolutely came together that year, but it was genuinely match after match after match. Somebody different would stand up, and as soon as that person stood up, you just the collective lift you got, and we just in our heads we couldn't be beaten that year. It was it was it was just fantastic. And and, what, and again, what a year. You know, you, you, you just, you're right. It's, 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 it's nothing in the grand scheme of things. It's, you know, it's, 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 uh, thing yeah. Premier League Northeast cricket, right? But it's, but it is, um, it's special to be part of, you know, it really is special to be part of when you're, when you're a group of people. And the other thing, you know, there's 11 members of a team, uh, you know, in, in, in a cricket team, but there was probably only 14 different individuals that took part in that team over the course of a whole season. So it was a really consistent mass of people. Ah. Playing together, playing football together, running, training, doing all this stuff outside, and I just, you know, if you if you can achieve anything that feels at five percent of that in any business, then then you're doing some amazing things. Outstanding,
0: outstanding. So so, um, just getting back to uni, leave uni, and uh, electrical engineer, uh, electrical and electronic uh, degree under your belt, and then yeah. think right. So do you go into electrical and electronic
1: yeah. as that as a yeah. career? But first thing I do is start applying to the shells and the BPS and all that kind of. So, I, so I, I, as soon as I, I uh, came out of Edinburgh, I went over to pomar So I was, I was together with my, my future wife at the time. We've been we've been sort of living a long distance relationship for a long time. So, I went over there to get fed and watered by by the by the future in laws at the time. And and during the course of that summer, I spent most of my time chasing chasing the milk rounds and and putting applications in. But. You know, you'd, you'd, it was demoralising. I can remember at the time, you know, spending four or five hours on an application, and you hit the submit button at half past ten at night. You wake up the next day, and you've been rejected by you know before breakfast by by a bunch of computers. So so I, I find I found it really difficult to get into. You know, so, so I was looking. You know, I I, did, I didn't look much further afield than kind of the big organisations. I looked for the kind of the big graduate uh, schemes, and then I started thinking about the other things I'd done. In the fourth year at university, I'd done a, a, an assembly language program. Module and, and you know what it'd been it'd been interesting, it'd been real sort of gritty problem solving. So I thought, you know, what? I could get into software development, and and, and I chanced upon this, uh, this this graduate training scheme at a company called EDS at the time, which was a big uh, American software and, and kind of computing company. And um, again, serendipity kind of came into in, into this. I got you know got invited to an interview, um, interview at St James's Park in, in Newcastle. Me and Gemma got a weekend in Newcastle. And uh, and I and I was interviewed by my my future boss, um, and the interview was going great. And then at some point, he sort of said to me, "And you can explain me the software life cycle." And I'm kind of going, "Oh dear, right, you've you stumped me there." So I, I kind of yeah. called together some awful answer and thought, "That's it, I'm I'm, I'm toast, I'm out, um, I'm I'm done here." And, uh, and, and as luck would have it, I got offered the job in Newcastle. So I think my uh, the the boss who'd interviewed me who was from the Aberdeen office had obviously not liked somebody in the Newcastle office and thought he'd dump this guy who doesn't know anything about the software on him. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, but, 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 funnily enough, again, back to Serendipity, me, me and Gemma, we, we, we kind of, we'd done that trip between Carlisle and, and Newcastle on the A69 and, and we were sort of thinking, Oh Christ, I'm going to be working in, in Newcastle and you're going to be living in Glasgow. And that's an awful road, right? It's a, yeah, yeah. a scary awful road when you've got articulated lorries over. Oh yeah. Through.
0: Yep.
1: And, um, and and, and as, as luck would have it, um, there was somebody who'd been offered a job in Aberdeen who wanted a job in Newcastle, and I wanted the job in Aberdeen, and, and and we did a swap, and 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 you know what? You just little things like that that just sort of happen in your life that you can't really control or, or, or Thank Goodness, you know, and and it just happened, and I, and I got I got thrust into this uh, this this graduate world in EDS in Aberdeen. Really interesting company, I mean, it was it was kind of. I got I got lucky. I got really, really lucky. I got I got into an established project. It was a, a sort of a hydrocarbon accounting system for the interconnected pipeline that's down from Belgium to Zeebrugge in Belgium. Right. And um, from Backton, sorry, Bacton in England to, to to Belgium. And uh, it was about ten years old. It was kind of there was a lot of constant uh, of development work. We had out of hours sort of support rotors where we had our pagers, you know, pagers pagers were a thing. Pagers were a thing <laughs> 10 years ago. And, you know, you get called out in the middle of the night, you get woken up at two in the morning, you got 30 quid for getting woken up in the middle of the night. It was just, it was just dream ticket stuff. Dream ticket the, the stuff. <laughs> wake me up anytime t- you like. No, like. Every time those tickets, you know, those, those calls are coming in and you're getting all this stress because these operators, are, you know, they're trying to get millions of pounds of gas from one end of the world to the other, or, you know, from Europe to the UK. And, and, and you're, you know, you're just clocking up 30 pounds, 30 pounds, 30 pounds, I'll have more of that. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was um, going back to, I guess, that conversation we had about discipline. You know, it was it was a, a really structured, strong project that was delivered in a very, very structured way. Right. So I, I, you know, I, I, there was probably there was probably twenty guys in that project, a kind of a mixture of software developers and team leaders and testers and configuration managers and all that kind of good stuff. And and I, I got really lucky that my my team lead in there again, a guy called Dave who, you know, we've got a lifelong friendship now between the two families, albeit I didn't make much of an impression on him because my wife knows him and his family through me, but she was made godmother of their children before I was ever even considered. So God, you know, no idea, you know, clearly I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm the middleman or something in that one. But, um, but the, you know, this, this guy taught me about um, professionalism and calm right. and uh, and I can I can I can, I can I vividly remember this particular day where I was just like, this is you know this guy's got it got it going well, but something awful went wrong with the application and everything was down and we've got all these metrics on us and you've got to be 99.9 percent uptime this, right. down, it down and everyone's buzzing the whole the whole place is is, is running around like like headless chickens and in, in the middle of all that headless chickens was this just kind of this little oasis of calm that surrounded Dave's head as he just kind of sat down and just systematically worked his way through a process and brought this thing back up and I can it yeah. was, it was sort of, I want to be like watching, him. I was watching go going, that guy's got it. All these other guys, everybody else running around like, like, like nothing else. He's got it. you know? And it's funny that, that, that level of
0: leadership, you know, I've, I've uh, I've been in management teams where the, 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 the top leader, if you will, was a panic merchant. And I've been in management teams where the top leader was cool hand Luke. Yeah. And that, that, that seeing those two environments when markets dip, when there's problems, if there's an incident, if, uh, if that project doesn't come through, if there's a difficulty with a client or whatever, whatever it might be, seeing how the team feeds from the energy of that leader in those in and, and, and two different ways to deal with problems, um, yeah. I'd much more go with the cool, the cool hand look. I remember a particular guy who, uh, who inspired me, and I still put in a bit of a pedestal, a CEO I worked with. Um, the biggest problem, we could have kicked the door in his office and all ran in and with our hairs on fire, you know. Ah, the world's falling apart. And it would be sit down, we'll just we'll just talk it through and let's yeah. just find out what our options are and just um, you know, has anyone died? No, right,
1: okay, right, good, excellent. Right. Yeah. So we're in a great place. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a superpower. You know, for, for me it's yeah. like a, it's, it's like, like you say, it can cut through it can cut through almost anything and you can, you're right. you can you, you can take people off the Off the edge by 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 just being calm and and breathing. You know, take a breath. Ask the right questions. How bad is this? Is this real? You know, you've heard something. This actually real, right? You know, are we we overreacting here? Yeah. Um, And 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 nine times out of ten, you know, there's 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 a a simple, pragmatic, practical way out of that panic, isn't it? It's funny
0: you should say that. Is this real? Because that that person that I put on a pedestal would always ask, "Are we chasing shadows here? Are 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 we? Are we honestly? Is this is this actually a thing?" Yeah. Is if we left this for twenty four hours, yeah, would it still be there tomorrow? Yeah. And
1: actually, many times it's just forgotten. It's gone. It's, it's away. Yeah, and, and you know what? You can, uh, and in the same way, you can bring people down. I guess the opposite energy can can take people up, can't it? You know, one person's panicking yeah. you all of a sudden, ten do. Um. But yeah, you know, I I I I like to think I bring a different kind of energy. I think there's. There's this kind of space for that that kind of calm, cool, collected, and there's also space for that, that super energizing, uh, you know, uplifting uplifting type, which is, is not really me, but you know what? I guess that's one of the reasons that you and I get along so well.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe I think you'd like me in small doses. <laughs> maybe I think you'd like to be around me in small doses. Um, uh, uh, so th- again, I'm not blowing smoke here, but there are... Principal project engineers who have stayed being fantastic principal project engineers mm-hmm. and stayed around that project world their whole career and done mm-hmm. wonderful stuff. What what gets you from project director to chief operating officer at an engineering consultancy? How does that happen?
1: Do you know uh, if I'm if I'm honest, I, I probably can't honestly answer that question with a, with, a, with a definite sort of this is what happened. I, mean, I, I, I I still spend a lot of time questioning. You know why. Why, why do people sort of look to me sometimes in a, in a, in a conversation? Why, why would somebody listen to me? You know, cause yeah. you know, you have, you, everyone's got a, a, an imposter syndrome somewhere in, in, inside their body. So you, you know, you, you don't always put yourself on a pedestal, but I, I guess at some point when I kind of reflected back on, on kind of, you know, just not not even just the Optimus experience, but you know, it was it was it was EDS and Optimus. There was a, a point in time in Optimus where I went to to, to BG and experienced yeah. the, the operators. Um, you know, two or three years in the operator world, um, and, and I think in most of those situations, there's just an element of my personality that that, that some people kind of looked looked towards or looked, looked towards for answers, and, and you know, and, and and I guess it's just it, it kind of felt like an, a, a process of of osmosis. Um, the problem with that being that you, you know, you suddenly find yourself in that position, and you start going, Christ, am I actually a leader? Well, how, do, how do I back this up with something that actually looks like a piece of paper that says, Yes, you know what you're talking about? Yeah, I've, I've so, been to C-suite school. No, no, I've not been to C-suite school, <laughs> not been to C-suite badly. You know, I think if it exists, you have to show me where it is, but um, no, you know, but, but you know, since but I guess what it does though is it, you know, it's, it's, it started to make me so much more kind of curious about all the kind of content out there. I mean, we, we were kind of talking about it the other day, it's just there's just reams of it. And, you know, over the last 14 months, we've had so much silence out there in the world to allow us to kind of think and start processing our own thoughts and question who we are and where we are going. And, and there's all this, there's all this fantastic content out there for you to hoover up on Audible and in books that I've been doing a lot of it. And, and, you know, you, you cover a broad spectrum and you're trying to pick up on those nuggets that you have really speak to you. Um, so I think there's
0: something quite special there because, the, you know, if you're, it, clearly there are people behind closed doors not everyone not everyone lives a life on social media. Um, some some leaders do and it's wonderful to see because actually I think you know I, I love the the Edelman trust report it's a wonderful wonderful thing and it's it's um, they've done a UK version of it now and the world wants to hear from CEOs talking about talking about subjects like uh, climate change and energy transition and homelessness bizarrely and and uh, and you know just things about you know local issues
1: you know so that human issues things human
0: issues yeah yeah I mean we were we were having a a sort of frame up chat yesterday and I I, you know I'm the reason we're here is because um the videos that you make where you where you show the fact that you're wrestling with ideas so there are brilliant CEOs that are out there that are using old old historic models of CEO-ness right there are CEOs that are that are standing at a crossroads going, actually, there's so much information out here about other ways and yeah. maybe modern ways. We are talking yesterday, I got one of my, uh, my digital friends sent me a copy of Beyond Good, that book that's yeah. urging CEOs to be more tuned into the world and the planet and communities and what's happening and all of that. Um, that whole conscious capitalism, conscious leadership thing, <clears throat> there's only a few people I actually see that are openly talking about how they're, Trying to find information and wrestling with the whole issue, and you seem to be one of those that are leading this.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I guess, I guess I'm in the middle of a, of a transition myself around kind of purpose. I mean, you know, you you go through experiences in life as as a as a as a, as a person, as a, as a as a colleague, as a leader, as a parent, um, and and it all leads you towards you know something, and and all of a sudden, I guess you start questioning what that what that something is. Um, I think you're right about the you know the the conscious capitalism thing you know b corps and all that kind of stuff just now there's a there's a a big conversation happening down about the better business act you know about the fact that purpose has to be inbuilt into business because there's so much good that can come out of business you know it it doesn't have to be that kind of that awful side of capitalism I guess that has kind of come to the fore and is 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 is, is just so bleak you know a a bit more than um when we're (laughs) I'm just thinking back
0: to the past. How much are we giving it to charity next year? Uh, well, we budgeted ten grand. Give five; that'll do. Job done. <laughs> Job, done. Job done.
1: Yeah. Social and, and, responsibility and, don't And me. and ideally give it to a charity that's going to give some kind of kickback, just like tickets to sports matches or something. You know, get a return out of it. You know, but it's like, oh man, uh, there's 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 you know, conscious capitalism, I, I got exposed to it three or four months ago. So, I'm, you know, by, by no means am I remotely, in, you know, embedded in it yet. But it, it speaks to me at a sort of a visceral level. There's, there's something involved in this. But again, almost going back to that conversation about sporting teams and momentum, you know, in, in, in sport, it's that momentum. It's that winning. It's that feeling you're on the way. I think the, the equivalent of that in the business world is, is how much good you're carrying with you. How much is, is coming out of this is not just the bottom line. Of course, the shareholders are important. Of course, you know, yeah. turning the profit is important. But you know what? There's so many things you can do with that, with that money. At the end of the day, and, and, and how much of a difference can you make to the world in the meantime? So, oh, man, man. you know, looking looking at this stuff, it's. It, I think if you if you don't want to be involved in a business that's got purpose, then 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 you know, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: you know, but but you can see how people, you and I have. I mean, you, 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 are, you are living that life. I've, I've sort of tinkered with it, been on a few boards and stuff like that, um, made it to MD of some really small companies, nothing like what you're doing. But I've been in that environment where you can see how people just get, it's all about profit. It's all about shareholders. That's it. Our, mm-hmm. reason, our reason for being here is to feed this foie gras goose to the point of where it nearly explodes, and then we're going to flip it, and we're going to bugger off with suitcase fulls of cash. That's what our reason for living is. And yep. you see people who had purpose actually lose purpose because of this sort of brainwashing that I'm just here for that suitcase full of cash. Yep. That's it. And, and, but I think there's something quite, you know, you're a young, you're a young CEO. Um, yep. And I, I, this might sound a bit, this might sound a little bit sort of uh, throwaway, but I think now there's, it's almost as if we've got, a, given everything that we've been through sort of compounds this. I feel now that you Maybe I'm the generation that's moving out because I'm 50, there's a 10 year gap between us. But I think it's a responsibility on young leaders like you to at least set the foundation for this
1: yeah, age in leadership. Talk about different things, you know, because I think you're know, going back to what you said there about the bucket loads of cash. I mean, that, that might well be a motivator to somebody, but, but it's probably a motivator to two or three people in that organization. Yeah. And, the, and there's, you know, there's 95% of people back there who are gonna go and deliver that wheelbarrow full of cash Who've got no reason to be motivated behind that whatsoever. And, and and you you know, you can't force that. How how can you possibly force it? You, you could probably create a business full of robots that are, you know, putting one foot in front of the other and, and doing like, you know, as you say, it's like it's like a habitual thing. And I think, you know, lockdowns kind of show, I mean, certainly f- from a personal perspective, you think about how you reacted at the beginning of lockdown when everybody was it's all panic and it's all anxiety, and and everything about your normal routine goes out the window, but it becomes about business and family and the family part is like feed them get them into bed and then get back to your laptop and then go to sleep right and and, and you know you, you sort of come out of that thing and you realize how quickly the habits that you formed can just get absolutely destroyed and then you've got new ones and those yeah. new ones are awful and they're, they're depleting and there's no energizing in between and i think it's been so easy during that kind of lockdown to, to, to get into that habit of not you know recharging your batteries because all your good stuff goes out the window you haven't got time for all the great energizing activities that you do and, and you know so, so i think all that stuff has pointed me back towards a, a kind of a, a personal journey i suppose towards purpose and i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm putting my first foot towards that um but, but i hope all of that overflows and it comes out in optimus and and, and and it's something i can help others um get behind a little bit more motivating than that that, that bucket of cash <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, for people who might be sitting going, oh yeah, Chris, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of into that. What, what, uh, what resource would you say, whether it's websites or or books or anything that you've read, made you made you think, yeah, yeah, absolutely, so, something in this?
1: Yeah. So, 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 the first book that I read that started to make me really question things. Have you ever come across Gavin Oates? He's a, he's a he's a, oh. an author and a speaker from. He stays down in the in, in central Scotland. He put on he put on an awesome thing a couple of years ago at the Hydro, um, which I can't I think it was called Fire up Fire it up Scotland or Fire up Scotland and it was meant to be the alternative careers fair for school kids. So they invited schools from all over the UK to the Hydro to turn up, and they got guys who were rock stars and jugglers and circus acts to talk about the fact that you know career isn't just what you think it used to be you know yeah they're, yeah they're, i don't need to they're work they're, i don't need to get in an office and be an accountant absolutely you know you <laughs> need um, them and, but <laughs> and, and, and he, yeah exactly but he but he wrote a book called shine and it was one of the first books that um that i started to read that really started to chime me and i started to go and really question um there, there was a particular thing in it where he talks about the fact that he just talks about human choice um you know and and I, you know I suddenly made this link between i'm feeling rubbish today. You know, I'm miserable, I'm annoyed, I'm angry. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, that's all from there. Every, every single part of, of that feeling and that emotion that I've brought into every other decision today was because of that one thing somebody said first thing this morning after breakfast, that's really annoyed me. And yeah. it's just colored the rest of my day. And, um, and, and so there's, was a few, there's, there's just, there's just some lovely concepts in there that, um, that, that really resonated with me and then started me down and just down a path of starting to kind of hoover up the stuff. And so I went on from him and, and, and then I kind of got into Brenny Brown. Um, so she talks an awful lot about, about vulnerability and shame and, and, and sort of the, the, embracing imperfection in in, in life you know um so so again really resonate with her but then that's just it's just led me into all these other areas um the conscious capitalism is something that i've i've kind of gone into through entrepreneurial scotland so you know i wanted to get into some more leadership training but i'm going you know what Optimus isn't just any old company you know we're we're this kind of we certainly were once at the the real entrepreneurial end of this and then over time you know you, you build up a company and and you could question whether an engineering services company in aberdeen is entrepreneurial or not but I'm going, but that—that's where we're going back to, you know. This moving forward, it is. So, so I wanted to start exposing myself to um, a, a kind of a more entrepreneurial brand of leadership training. So, so, so I did this conscious capitalism course, and it's—it's it's run by them, and it's run out of Babson College in the in, in the US. And there's a there's a lecturer called Raj Dasoria who's written his own books about conscious capitalism, and and it, you know what? It's just—it's just fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating because it's so anchored in self and they've got this this piece around you know there's this this triple vision there which is about heal me right you, you know you, you can't serve the world unless you've healed you first right heal me um serve we look after everybody around you change the world right and there's there's just this kind of this this step by step process that you can strengthen yourself and then you can bring that and then you can just spread that joy you know and, and and there's just there's just something in that that I just go you know what it's just right you know and if you can if you can instill that in business and you can
0: the the hairs are standing up on the back of the arm
1: here. Are they? Well, you should you should yeah. check out the conscious capital. You need to check out this guy, Raj Sasoria. He's a he's a very, very interesting character. There's some good YouTube videos out there on, on conscious capitalism from him. Um yeah, I I I just there's there's a few things you go through I think in life where and, and you know I'm, I'm, I'm miles I think we were, we were saying yesterday we were kind of framing this up and I'm, I'm probably on the I'm probably on the verge of midlife crisis right now but it's um, but or midlife know, epiphany or maybe midlife epiphany but you, there's yeah. there's times I think where you sat in a room and you're hearing something you just go and God this is where I need to be right now yeah, I, yeah it just yeah. makes all the sense in the world and if I could just distill it into a bottle and, uh, and and hand it off to a few more people and kind of just just spread that word it would be it's a better place, you know? Oh man,
0: man alive. Listen, um, how has, just a few minutes, if you will, uh, Mm. because I think this is gold and the the last couple of minutes of this have been, I mean, the whole thing's been great, but the last couple of minutes have just been gold dust for me. I think uh, really powerful stuff Um, and and really encouraging to hear um, young, senior leaders in industry thinking like this. I think, I think this is awesome, right? This is, this is a, this has been a turning point for me because I think you're right. We do get on that hamster wheel for the last year. I've just been just doing what we do, doing what we do. It used to be, used to be very sort of meerkatish and up and and looking out. Um, I've been, I've been down and delivering, down and delivering for a year. And it's just so great to hear this kind of stuff. How has, what's happened in the last year? um, I wouldn't say changed you as a leader. But how has it impacted you as a leader? What, you know, what, 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 what have you, what are you fearful of? Mm. What have we learned and what
1: changes going forward? Oh, how has it changed me? Um, I, think, I think it's reminded me, it's, it's completely taken me back to that piece around calm being the superpower, right? Because, you know, you, you go into it on day one and it's just unprecedented, right? How, how overused was the word unprecedented at the start of all this? And, um, and, and the, first few, the first few weeks were it was, it, was, it was real sort of, you know, head down, arse up, just panic stations, you know, and, and you're working all hours of the day and, and you, you're thinking of all the things that can go wrong. And, and you're, you know, you, at the same time, kids are home and you're, you're homeschooling and you, you're just trying to piece together. You're sort of patching together all these aspects of your life. And then it was like we punched through a wall and it was just like, poof, and 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 you know what? The tech at work stood up because that was the thing you were most worried about at the beginning is, yeah. are we going to run into trouble here with the tech? Are, are yeah, people yeah. going to be able to communicate? Is there going to be a way we can carry on collaborating? Are we going to have to somehow work at how people can, but, but we just, we went home, we tested it, it worked. Especially and you people, guys,
0: because you're just so software, hardware
1: dependent, people, right? You, got to be on it and and you know what 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 an advert for for using local business we've been supported by the same mighty company for 20 years we never asked them to get us ready for a global pandemic we were just ready you know everything was in place ready to just go and do these things and um and 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 as i say you know you punch through that wall and i can just i can almost just remember this point we just went right the world is silent you know and genuinely it was silent because you go out for a walk and there's nothing. nothing um and 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 you know you i guess what it's just made me is more reflective on on myself on what's kind of going on in the business it's reminded me that calm is so important you know for that the the the, the homeschooling thing reminded me that as well because again you're in a you're in a looking you're in you're in a a goldfish bowl right you know you you never spent this much time together as a family trying to do so many different things you know and you're up at two in the morning trying to find enough electronic devices in the house old phones and this and the next thing to have like five concurrent video calls happening at the same time and, and it all feels so pressurized and yet it's so unimportant and, and, and again I think you sort of punch through that eventually and you just go you know what we're just we're being and we're being anxious for the sake of being anxious none of it is helping any of this so, so it's, I think it just it, it allowed it sort of pushed everyone, I think, to an edge or, you know, I guess it's it, it, and it's still pushing a lot of people to an edge. You know, there's, there's, there's a whole pile of consequences, I think, going to come off the back of this. But it pushed a lot of people through that. It's kind of made us all recognize the value in some areas of this kind of living. You know, we, we are not tied to an office. Uh, we can we can moving forward. We need to we, there's, there's going to be a million questions have to be asked about how you practically make this this future version of a flexible work work.
0: Yeah. Have you and, have you nailed that
1: yet? No, 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 so we need it. We are, well, we, we, as I say, we're still out of the office. Um, our, our lease is up in October and we're, we're, we're looking to commit to, to a new office and that, and that's going to be the real, all the planning is going to be around this new office. How do we settle into that? How do we yeah. generate this kind of new way of working around this new business? Um, and, and we're going to be kicking off a focus group in the next few months to just start asking all those difficult questions and just try and nail it because you know, it's it's not just so as simple saying, yeah, pick your hours, but we, we want to be as as, as as flexible as we can, whilst also recognizing that different levels in the business need more supervision. You know, we're going to be managing a workforce that's in an office and out of an office. So every, every meeting we have is going to have to take account of people in different parts of the world, but we can make it work. We know, you know, we've done it in the worst scenario already. Yeah. And, and we just made it work. So let's just let's just take that momentum into this into this new world, um, and 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 just carry on doing that. Having that having that positivity and, and and recognizing that, moving forward, everything we make from this point forward is a choice, right? We got forced into that position. We were there, and we all just had to react. And and I think the world has shown. Like I say, I was so excited about getting that jab of the other week because it's like. We didn't conceive of this this vaccine being required 14 months yeah. ago and the world has you know come together yep. and the the, the 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 magic of science has generated this thing well you know what if we, we, we got forced into that position we, we you know 99 of everyone i think reacted positively and moving forward we've got a choice so let's just you know make the best of that choice and 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 just try and i think you said something there about how do we take some of this positivity forward? Because I'm like, you know what, we've we've created this. We've had, you know, we've turned lemons into lemonade. Let's not forget about it. Let's let's not let's not make this experience. Um, let's not put it behind us. Because actually, you know what, and, and, and you know, there's, there's always that thing about don't look back. But you know what, I think we can look back on all the positive aspects of what we've what we've learned. It's been unquestionably awful for so many people, and I'm I'm so lucky that I haven't been so badly affected in certain areas and, and our family has kind of gotten away with it relatively scot-free we're not having any major illnesses as a result but if we could take some of those positive things out of it and just carry them forward with us um i, I just you know what i think we, I, I genuinely think this generation can can change the world and we have to christ the energy transition is right there isn't it man at this point i normally ask you um
0: you know what hobbies you have and all that i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> Because it would be a bit like um, doing a newscast about with some amazing stuff, and then going. And also, uh, in other news, there was a cat stuck <laughs> up a tree. Uh, <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah, I'd only be taking you into a boring, cliche world of sourdough bread baking and all that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and brewing, brewing your own beer, which we never, we We're never no touched beer, on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually want to dilute what you just said. I
0: don't want to detract from anyone who's listened to this to get those those gems because I think it's gold dust. It's just beautiful. Um, Listen, listen. That's that's an hour, oh, just gone like that. Amen. It's incredible. Um, I think this is great. Um, let's let's make a date um, to you know six months, eight months, come back and do it again, and we can maybe scratch yeah. the surface a wee bit more about what what's uh, how it's all working out and doing that. But I've enjoyed this so much. Um, I wish you all the best in what you're doing, and uh, and keep keep pushing and keep exploring, and 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 that whole leadership piece.
1: I think. I think you are you are leading the way. Uh, I think it's excellent. I hope so. Just got to try and gather as much of a following as possible. And you know, as long as it's not just me, <laughs> if other people <laughs> believe it as well, then, then then you know we'll have achieved something. But uh, but listen, thank you so much for having me on, Brother Doyle. I think you know. We, we, we're kindred spirits somewhere underneath underneath our kind of obvious uh, facial I, I, I look makeup. like, you know those ageing apps if you if
0: you say, you know if you do one of those ageing apps and say what do I look like when I'm like 100 years old this oh, is what you look like I'm afraid indeed. So right, if I can look like you in 10 years time then I've, I've traversed those 10 years pretty well I hope <laughs> uh, awesome time thank you so much and uh, we'll be in touch good man, and we'll Thanks. keep in touch alright, see you soon